It's our Halloween special, and uh, nothing says uh, scary like, of course, terrorism. So we're going to chat with our terrorism expert, Mubeen Sheikh. He's on the line right now. Dude, what's going on? I thought you were going to come in with, uh, he's a bombing queen. (laughs) (laughs) Count to 17. Oh, man. Listen, Mubin, I know that a lot of things have been happening in your world lately, and but in particular, I want to know what's going on on Halloween for you. Well, on Tuesday, I will be addressing the U.N. Security Council on uh, what nation states should be doing with ISIS children and ISIS teens. So that's what I'll be doing. Okay, so- just the fact that we have someone on our show who's addressing the U.N. Security Council on Tuesday is weird, man, let, let alone it's if Halloween. If it was Wednesday, it would have been less weird. Yeah, uh, that's not the point, Tim. Um, well, what is ISIS children and teens? What does that mean? Are these child soldiers or? Yeah, yeah, effectively child soldiers. These are uh, kids that the foreign fighters have had or others, whether Western foreign fighters or uh, regional foreign fighters. Uh, and a lot of these guys, you know, they went off uh, trying to live a fantasy. They got married. Uh, they had kids. And then they went and got themselves killed. And those poor family members are now left to fend for themselves. A lot of them are ending up in refugee camps. Uh, people realize that these are not locals. They're foreigners. So various uh, military forces or police forces will pick them up. And because we have, you know, nation states, especially Western ones, we have legal obligations towards a lot of these people. And so I'm going to try to help them um, understand what we need to do about it. Do you get intimidated when you do the... I mean, how many times have you addressed the UN Council, Security Council? Is it many times, once, twice? Well, this is going to be my first address to the Security Council, but I have addressed the uh, UN General Assembly. Um, uh, It was called a high-level thematic conversation, but uh, still UN building, um, a big UN thing. And no, I don't get intimidated, Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's because I spent four years in court, man, after the Toronto 18 terrorism case in 2006 that I was the uh, agent and witness on. Four years, five legal hearings at the Superior Court of Ontario level. Uh, lawyers ready to pick you apart. So after, after that episode and that experience, I, I don't get intimidated anymore. Uh, Mubin, what has been the thing that you've seen in the news or heard in the news lately uh, that actually, you know, well, I guess there's two questions here. One, that you knew was coming, and two, that surprised you. Uh, oh. Uh, what I knew was coming? Okay, well, um, breakdown in the Middle East. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can always invest in that, right? I mean, uh, I always, whenever I teach military forces, etc. I always tell them, rule number 2,986 of the Middle East, things can always get worse. Right. right. So uh, recently it was the, uh, the Kurdish situation. Uh, the Kurds, they want their own land, uh, but they're also very good fighters against ISIS. So, of course, we use them to fight against ISIS, and then when ISIS was beaten back, and they wanted their own state, then suddenly other armies came in and, and kiboshed that. So that that's uh, it's a bad situation. Uh, it shows a number of things, you know, that the, the Kurds in particular feel they can't trust the West. The West basically just threw them to the dogs. Uh, what surprises me, nothing really surprises me anymore, man. Hmm. Uh, nothing surprises me. Well, okay, so listen, here here's the thing. I, I recently saw this... Uh, 
article in the Toronto Star, the list of Canada's terror incidents and attacks. Did you see that? It was published not too long ago. Uh, well, it was, I guess we're almost at the end of October, so the beginning of October. Did you happen to see that, Mubin? I did not, actually. So, June 3rd, 2017, a Toronto-area woman allegedly attacks several people with a golf club at a Canadian tire store and pulls a large yeah. knife out from her clothes. Now, you said, yeah. What's behind that? No, she's, uh, I mean, she was not deemed uh, mentally unfit for trial, apparently, so I can't legally say she's nuts, but all indicators are is she's nuts. So when you're nuts, you're not a real terrorist? Well, uh, that's a good question, because sometimes, uh, you know, when we say mental illness, that can mean many things, right? You could have, uh, the extreme end is not criminally responsible. So way back in, in Edmonton, there was an Asian guy who beheaded a guy on a Greyhound bus. I don't know if you remember that one. Sure do. Well, he was, he was deemed um, not criminally responsible. That's an extreme end. Then you might have people, they have issues. They have mental illness issues. And But it doesn't mean that they can't be violent or they won't be violent or that, let's say, if they're Muslim and they have mental illness issues, that they can't be a terrorist. So you can. There are overlaps. But what what uh, what is totally off script with this woman is that she claims she was an ISIS member or whatever. It's like, yeah, middle-aged married women or divorced or whatever. Uh, swinging golf clubs in a, in a Canadian tire, not exactly your ISIS recruit. No, actually, Jaja Gabor did that to a cop down in California a hundred years ago. So, was it Jaja or her sister? What was the other one? Jaja uh, and, and, and Baba. <laughs> it's like BB and CC Eva? wine and Eva. Eva, Eva Gabor? Gabor? I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. S- uh, January 29th this year, six men were killed and others injured after a shooting at a Quebec City mosque. And uh, this 27-year-old guy is facing uh, six counts of first-degree murder and five counts of attempted murder using a restricted firearm. Um, wait yeah. a second. Wasn't that a white guy killing Muslims? That's right. That's right. So this is uh, and it's a rising threat, right, of uh, white supremacists or, in particular, anti-Muslim supremacists. Uh, the attack in Quebec happened just two days after uh, President Trump's travel ban. The initial, uh, you know, travel ban was being called the Muslim ban. Uh, and uh, it's terrorism because, remember, anything that's politically motivated, politically driven. So, we, I mean, the trial is still, uh, you know, it's still going to, uh, um, it's still underway or it will start soon. It will remain to be seen, you know, what his particular motivations were. Uh, but any belief, let's say that, you know, uh, the government is being too soft on Muslims or too close to Muslims, that's a political motive. And so that will, that will qualify as terrorism. I'm sure and I'm certain that we will see uh, there will be some kind of political link to his act. Right. It's, it's tricky sometimes because if you just have a race-based uh, act of violence, is that terrorism? And there's, there's debate on that. I'm going to immediately say, no, it's not terrorism. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at uh, Dylan Roof, uh, white supremacists went into an African-American church and shot up uh, churchgoers while they're at Bible study. That was terrorism because he wanted to start a, a race war, right? So yeah. sometimes it's not, sometimes it is. Okay, August 10th, 2016, police shoot and kill terror suspect Aaron Driver in Strathroy, Ontario, after he made a video that suggested he was planning to detonate a homemade bomb in a Canadian city during morning or afternoon rush hour. Um, yep. Was that premature? <laughs> Definitely terrorist, man. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, white kid, convert, uh, was saying a lot of bad stuff, didn't really cross the line, meaning he didn't uh, incite criminal acts. So you can say, for example, yay for that bombing that happened, terrorist bombing. But you cannot say yay for that bombing and we should also have that here. So he, he, he walked the line. They couldn't charge him with terrorism offenses. They, they brought him what's up on what's called a peace bond, which is uh, we don't have enough evidence on charges, but we're still going to bring you in front of the court, and the court can force uh, uh, different stipulations for you. In his particular case, people dropped the ball. I'll be honest, uh, you know, when it came to ankle bra- bracelets, they said, oh, no, it's just too much. You know, he's a young guy. It's going to violate his mobility. So no ankle bracelets. Then they said, okay, you should do uh, counseling, religious counseling. And his lawyer said, no, who is the secular court to say he should go to a religious cleric for counseling? No, no counseling. Then they said, okay, cut off his Internet. Then the defense said, no, it's too much for him. So he had Internet. So what did he do? He went out, he went on the Internet, got some bomb-making stuff, went out, procured it, put together a bomb, put out this video. The FBI saw that. They realized his accent is Canadian. They, they, they kicked it over to the Canadians. Um, an, an astute uh, analyst uh, realized that, wait a second, this is Aaron Driver. They went to see, okay, where the hell is he? They went to his house, and he was literally getting in a taxi on his way to a shopping mall uh, in London to blow it up. And so they shot him dead. Wow. That is, uh, yeah. yeah. So if he, he, was, if he wasn't a millennial, and we weren't worried about hurting his feelings or taking away his internet... He would be still alive today. Is that what I heard from you, Mubin Sheikh? Yeah, he, he would be alive, but <laughs> uh, but what kind of life would he be living? Right? Would he be just further radicalizing? And you know, would we be reading about him further down the line? So, you know, we'll, we'll take it as we get it. If if the guy's got to die, then he's got to die. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Man, it is so interesting listening to you. I, I wish you the best on Tuesday and. Um, Thank you. If I can plug in, my uh, documentary is out tonight on TV Ontario. What? What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Undercover Jihadi, like the name of my book. Uh, it's on tonight at 10 p.m., repeats at 2 a.m., and then it's on again on Tuesday, Halloween, uh, same time, 10 p.m., and repeating at 2 a.m. So it's TV Ontario, uh, Undercover Jihadi documentary, and where this is where I go to... England, I uh, talked to extremists there, France, Germany, and uh, some of my own work and just re- reminiscing on the Toronto 18 case and stuff. It's really good. I saw it last night. You know, I kind of wish I knew that information ahead of time because we would have put it out in all of our yeah. material, Mubin. Silly boy. You're such a Canadian. Oh, you know, by the way, I'm on TV tonight. Uh, all right, so just one more time with the details, please, on the show. Yep, it's uh, TV Ontario. Uh, TV Ontario, it's a documentary called Undercover Jihadi. Uh, you can go online, That it's actually out already, or the episode is on, on, up on their website. TVO, TV Ontario, Undercover Jihadi. Um, I'm so privileged to know you and, and call you a pal, man. I And I, you know, I, you and I, we joke around a lot, but I'm actually kind of serious about that. Uh, thank you for joining our show regularly. I know you're in hot demand and uh, and I know that we're just so beneath you. So <laughs> thank you. No, 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 not at all, not at all. I, I let me say that I, I am slammed all the time, and I make the time for you because I like your show. I like what you do. It's very important that we have a, a faith-based or faith-centric approach to not just these issues, but 
a whole host of issues. So uh, God bless to you and your staff and all of your listeners. It's been a pleasure. For some reason, I feel like saying peace be upon him. Well, that's the name of Jesus Christ. So yeah. that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you for your time, Mubin. I appreciate it very, very much. Always. Okay, Always. take care. Bye-bye. Cheers.